Welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, the podcast where, if you're embarrassed all the time, you can't eat, and you've schemed yourself into a sad, lonely corner crying by the ocean, you must be in love. Or maybe it's just a Thursday. Book number 31, Taking Sides. Can Elizabeth outsmart Jessica in the hottest feud ever? Oh my gosh. Right? Gladiators, what do you think? Can she? (laughs) We'll see. Hi, welcome back to Sweet Valley Diaries. I have uh, missed you so much, listeners. Tim, we called the listeners gladiators as of a few episodes ago. Uh, you wouldn't know this because it's never mentioned in the book, but the Sweet Valley High mascot is the gladiator. Oh, great. Usually, okay. I feel like mascots often have some kind of alliteration, but... No, not usually. I say usually, but that's not true. Oh, there are always, like, weird things, like, you know, some kind of fighting beast or tigers or some mm-hmm. gladiators make yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. I really want to talk about what my high school's mascot was, but first I should introduce myself... Um, my name is Marissa Flaxbart. I am the host of Sweet Valley Diaries. And if you're listening to this, you probably knew that already. And this is the first episode of season four. Welcome back. Hiatus was very long this time, I feel like. I didn't actually look at the calendar about it, but this was the soonest I could possibly restart. And (laughs) one of the exciting things that has been taking up a bunch of time since uh, the last season ended is that, uh, a play that I wrote was performed here in Los Angeles, and one of the directors of the play was my guest today, Tim Redmond. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. I haven't seen you since the play closed. I know. I missed you. I really miss you guys. Yeah. What is my life now? Well, I've I've been planning a podcast a little bit more. Yeah. I was doing a sort of half-assed job for most of the summer, and then I was like, oh, shit. If I don't start this podcast again, people are going to (laughs) unsubscribe out of anger. Um, Exactly. So... Um, Tim is, um, in addition to being a wonderful director of plays, mm. Tim is an actor. That's true. And is an amazing actor. Mm. I saw you play a much older man than you really are, and I believed it. I did. I it was like a 75-year-old man, and I'm not 75. I'm not even close. But no. uh, thank you. It's kind. You it's are, kind. though. I was thinking about this. I think you are maybe the second oldest guest I've ever had on the show. Oh, no. But... You are a good at least 20 years younger than the oldest guest. Okay, I'll take so, that. I'll take that. And only okay. a couple years older than the next than the next oldest. Okay. So. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. I can live with that. I can live with that. But we don't have to give any more details. Okay. Tim, the Sweet Valley High novel that we read, number yes. 31, mm-hmm. it was it was kind of a short one. Well, you know, it's the only one I've ever read. So I did I didn't know that till you told me. But uh yeah, I mean it was a really easy read. Like it was I think it was 11 chapters long. Yeah. Um, it was a quick read. Yeah, it was yeah. it was breezy. <laughs> there was a lot going on in there, though. Uh, there sure was. And well, let's uh, get into it. Yeah. Um, the cover of the book yes. stars the two sisters. Do you, can you tell by looking at it which is which? You know, that's such an interesting question because I actually tried to do that last night when I was looking at the cover. I was like, okay, which one is Elizabeth and which one is Jessica? And like... To be honest with you, my guess would be, as I'm looking at the cover, that Jessica is probably on the left, but I don't know why I think that. Jessica on the left. In the yellow shirt. Oh my gosh, this is so hard to tell. Okay, so, listeners, Jessica and Elizabeth are staring at each other on the cover of this book. One of the women is wearing a yellow sweater 
and she's got a yellow barrette in her hair, like very prim and proper. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's got to be Elizabeth, except that the girl that's looking at her is wearing like a maroon polo shirt that is not very well fitted and or fashionable, but her hair is sort of like swept aside. Mm-hmm. This It is impossible to tell. It actually, is, right? which they both look like Elizabeth. Actually, if I'm, if I, that's what I would say. I mean, one of, them, I mean, she's, you know, Jessica's supposed to be a cheerleader, right? Yes, co-captain of the cheerleading squad. I, 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 I can't, I don't see it. I think that you're right, though. I think Jessica's got to be the one on the left because okay. Jessica wouldn't be caught dead in this polo shirt. Right. right. It doesn't even fit it really. Like the arms are too loose. Yeah, it's 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 an odd cover. It's, it's yeah, in- intriguing though. Intriguing though. There's a lot of talk about clothing in this book in passing about whether it's how much of your body it's covering. Yeah. It might be on my mind because I just finished this a few hours ago and right at the very end of the book, uh, Elizabeth really thinks that Lila's uh, Lila's jumpsuit is too low cut. Yeah. I, there was so much around the, the whole pool party thing just got really, really like, (laughs) Oh yeah. Like it was all about clothes. It was like a fashion show or something. Right. Right. Well, there's a lot of objectification of men or men. There's a lot of objectification of boys in this book and it really in all the Sweet Valley High books, but especially in this book, Mm -hmm. which uh, I think that on Sweet Valley Diaries, we usually have a section of the podcast where we talk about boys. Mm. I think that, that this whole episode is really this, the part of the podcast where we talk about boys. Because this is a very boy-heavy plot. Yeah, yeah. The hottest feud uh, ever, mm-hmm. as the cover says, yeah. is about a boy. Yeah. Jeffrey. Jeffrey French. Jeffrey French. So, Jeffrey French is new in town. Mm-hmm. Um, gladiators, if you are just joining us for some reason on the Sweet Valley journey. Uh, You're going to be confused, I feel like. Go back and listen to a few episodes from season three. Or not, you know, just just jump in here. In book 29, no, book 30. 30 Mm -hmm. comes before 31, not Mm -hmm. 29. Um, The Jeffrey French, like, shows up at the end of the book. And he's the new boy from Oregon. And that's a sort of, like, tease for the next. And I said some pretty harsh things in book 30 and since then and before on my blog about Jeffrey French. Oh. Because, um, well, I mean, this is kind of painful for me, but I, I've been doing some soul searching and I realized that I, I self-diagnosed myself with a condition that I have decided to call um, freckles. Um, freckles. Yes. Uh, it stands for First Romantic Coupling Loyalty Syndrome. Wow. And I, this is a pattern for me. So Elizabeth has this, had this boyfriend, Todd Wilkins. I just shipped Elizabeth and Todd Wilkins so hard. And I just never, I was unwilling to give Jeffrey a chance because he wasn't Todd. Ah, I see. I see where you're going. Coming back to this book after, you know, maybe 10 years after the last time I read it, Mm -hmm. the first time I read it, I was like, you know, Jeffrey's not so bad. He doesn't seem bad at all. No, no. I have some other, um, like, in order of controversy, like some other first romantic couplings that I I really always went for. Um, Zach and Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, Brenda and Dylan. Okay, sure. Joey and Dawson, I have to admit. Okay, all right. Um, even, this, I, this is going to anger some people, but I was always uh, a Rory and Dean. <sighs> You don't have to care. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might say that, but um, anybody that does know what I mean is pr- 
possibly be angry at me right now. But, um, yeah, what are your, what's your impression of Jeffrey French? You know, I mean, he's, like, the kid that comes into town. Like, he doesn't know anybody, right? Mm. He's the new kid in town. Like, I never had that experience as a kid, so it's sort of foreign to me. But I do remember, like, the kids that would sort of show up either in, like, the middle of the year or something like that, that it was... You know, it was always sort of tough on them in a way. So I, I, I was rooting for Jeffrey. Yeah, he's very straightforward. Is a quality of his that gets yeah. uh, brought up in the book, and I really appreciate it. Honestly, it's going to become important. So the crux of this a duel between. Mm-hmm. I mean, the book says that it's between Jessica and Elizabeth because there's so much scheming involved. But Jessica's right. representing Lila Fowler, mm-hmm. and Elizabeth is representing her best friend. Enid Rollins. Right. Uh, Kara Walker is doesn't appear in this book, right? You never saw anybody named Kara Walker. No, no, book, no, right? I mean, no. She's like another best friend of Jessica's, but oh, she's just okay. no. off the off. Nor uh, anyway. Wait a minute, is she a cheerleader? Oh shit! Is Kara Walker be. a cheerleader? Because there yes. was some kind of a yes. reference to like her needing to practice. I think they mention her, but Kara Carol never. No, not even a not even a cameo. But it, yeah. she's mentioned, I think. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so it's all about uh, Enid and Lila. Right. How do you feel about Enid and Lila? They're well, two different girls, huh? they sure are. You know, Lila, gosh, she's like the girl that, of course, I would have fallen completely in love with. Oh, no, Oh, too. yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. I would have been in love with Lila, you know, the sort of spoiled brat just like you know mean to people i think there was a line in your play actually that talked about this that they like skinnier meaner women oh yeah that was definitely me in high school yeah for oh this sure. is a real thing for 100 <laughs> percent. this 100%. is a, a genuine phenomenon that i have observed yeah in, uh, yeah i mean i've grown out of, of it i've grown out of it <laughs> um but yeah i could definitely see lila being like on my radar for sure <laughs> Well, so a funny example of this is that at the toward the very beginning of the book, you know, everybody's trying to figure Jeffrey French out. He's right. so new. He's just hot. Like, that's why the girls want to date him, because he's new yeah. and hot. Fresh meat, you know. And Enid just thinks he's cute. And he plays soccer. Like, he's friends with a guy named Aaron Dallas, because they were in soccer camp together. Right. And... Although Aaron Dallas doesn't figure into this book either <laughs> at all, strangely enough. Um, and Lila, Enid thinks, or Enid and Elizabeth together are like, oh, if we play up the fact that he's from a farm, Lila will be grossed out. Right. Because she hates, like, dirt. She would never be seen with a farm boy. Right. But she is so, like, uh, smitten, I guess, with the very idea of sexy Jeffrey French that she is like, oh, maybe I can ask him about horses. Daddy wants to buy me a horse. Right, right. Total bratty move, right? Yeah, that's her version of like what farm life is about, right. is is daddy buys her a horse. Yeah. Although poor Lila, this book references with some specificity that I feel like we don't usually get about Lila's mom. It well, says that. Yeah, I know that, that it said that they were divorced, right? It says not only that they were divorced, but that she hadn't seen her mother in years. Wow, I wonder where she is. Yeah. Where I is mean, he- isn't that kind of unusual for that time period? Like, that we would be talking. Because the Mr. Collins, who we definitely will be talking about, and I have <laughs> some a strong There's a segment, Tim. thoughts about Good. Mr. Collins. I'm very glad to hear but, it. But, like, two divorced parents in one episode? Really? Yeah, from the time period that this was written, it seems there, unusual, right? There are a lot of divorced parents in in Sweet Valley, actually. Oh, okay, that's yeah. good to know. That's good yeah. to know. 
Um, so speaking of Jeffrey French, mm-hmm. here is um, an introduction to Jeffrey French from very early on in the book. Chapter one, in fact. Jeffrey French, Jessica said dreamily. What a wonderful name. He's got to be really romantic with a name like French. Elizabeth laughed. Well, he sure is good looking, she said, hoping to close the discussion. She knew how uncomfortable it must be making Enid feel. Jeffrey had been at school for only a week, but he had already made a big impression. Mm. So Jeffrey is one boy that is happening, and Lila and Enid are both... Like, Lila's going to try to use her money to buy him soccer tickets. It was, like, soccer tickets, and then there there was also, like, she bought him a camera and, like, a camera bag and a lens and stuff like that. Yeah, so part of Elizabeth's angle of hooking Enid up with Jeffrey is that she is going to try and get Jeffrey to be a secondary photographer for Mm -hmm. the Oracle, the Mm -hmm. school newspaper. So she's going to have an opportunity to kind of, like, get to know him and put in a good word for Enid. That's when it comes up that, like, because he's such an avid photographer and Lila knows this about him, that yeah. that she's tried to purchase for him a camera and a tripod. Right. But, uh, right he's right. refused the gifts because they were too lavish. Well, I mean, he's a gentleman. Like, he wouldn't do that, yeah. right? She has, he, she's not taking the hint, it seems like. She's really trying to buy him. Right. Well, I mean, I think that's the whole point about her character, right? Is that yes. she's not very, she's not very deep. She's really trying to sugar mama him, though. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Would that have worked on you? Maybe. I don't know. When you're 16. Uh, You're 16, right? I I mean, I could see that being kind of like awesome. Like, Like, she's really pretty. I just got here and look at that. Yeah. Yeah. She gets, takes you to do all sorts of cool things. But Jeffrey's deeper than that. He is. He proves himself to be much deeper than that. Yeah. Much, much deeper than that. So I think probably like plot wise, it's worthwhile to mention that a big thing that's happening at Sweet Valley High during this book is it's like, PTA food bank week? Yeah. Yeah. Usually in these books there's like a dance or a big party. Yeah. But um in this book it's PTA can food drive, drive week for the poor. Yeah. 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 And part of a big event in Sweet Valley High is that they do a can auction where people like put up dumb stuff that you can auction you can like put cans up. Yeah. for auction as money. Yes. It's like ways to buy things. Yeah. But I, do, I guess we are getting ahead of ourselves yeah. a little okay. bit, as, as we are wont to do here on Sweet Valley Diaries, because we should talk about one of Lila's first moves, which is to throw a spontaneous pool party. A famous spontaneous pool party, apparently. There have been others, is what I understand. From yes. The text. So okay. I'm glad. See, that's good. That's for, that's for the reader who hasn't read other books. Yep. Uh, the ghostwriter has planted there a, uh, you know, um, a little hint that right. this is normal behavior for Lila. Great. Yeah, she, yeah. she says, oh, you should come to my pool party this weekend. Like, the party doesn't exist yet, but she's going to make it exist. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so I guess we actually need to... This is like a big ploy mm-hmm. to get a chance to spend time with Jeffrey. But I guess we need to talk about um, the, the real hero of this particular book, in my opinion, which is the guest character of Jenny Townsend. Oh, yes. Jenny. Jenny. Uh, Jenny is new. We've never heard of Jenny before. Oh, okay. Would you care to tell the listeners well, about Jenny Townsend? Jenny is visiting. Jenny is a cousin of uh, Elizabeth and Jessica. She's visiting, I believe, from Texas somewhere. I think it was from Dallas. Dallas. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's from Dallas, right? 
uh, and just loves her older cousins. I think she's a bit younger. Is she's a bit younger? Impression you get, but apparently she's like fifteen, which is actually only a year younger yeah, than them. But so they refer much. to her throughout the book as like a kid or like a dumb kid. Yeah, but you know, at that age, you know, one year it represents a lot. I would. That's true. I guess I would say, but. It, it seemed like, you know, that, I mean, they mentioned that she had been here before and that she had been really annoying yeah. and that they were really dreading her coming again. And of course, she bounds in the door and starts annoying Jessica right away. Right. And Jessica is annoyed by every aspect of Jenny. Oh, yeah. In fact, um, it's a little bit like back in book number four for, for the listeners. I know, Tim, you ha- I don't think you've read. You said this was your first one. So you haven't read Sweet Valley High number four power play. I haven't. But Jenny is a lot like Robin Wilson was described in that book. Robin Wilson might have been mentioned in this book because she is now co-captain of the cheerleaders with Jessica. But she used to be fat, and uh, she also, like, would do anything for Jessica. So it's a similar vibe. Got it. Not that Jenny is is fat, but she is constantly described as being chubby. I'm going to go ahead and read her her introduction. I made a note when I highlighted this passage, and the note says... Seriously, though, have I ever hated Jessica more? So without further ado, this is describing um, Jenny sitting next to Jessica at Casey's Ice Cream Parlor, is I think where they are, when all the boys are there. And and Jenny's, of course, tagged along. Elizabeth and Enid are not there. Her elbow kept jabbing Jessica's side, and she was getting ice cream all over everything. Jessica looked at her with distaste. She couldn't believe Jenny was eating an enormous banana split less than an hour after the huge dinner Mrs. Wakefield had prepared. No wonder her figure was such a mess. What had happened to her resolve to diet? Want some? Jenny offered, holding a spoonful of ice cream in front of Jessica. A melted drop landed on the table. Jessica flinched. No thanks, she said acidly. Jenny was much worse than she had remembered. The girl was such a bookworm. She had even brought some stupid novel with her to Casey's, which was the most ridiculous thing Jessica had ever heard of. With her thick glasses and silly smile, Jenny was truly pitiable. But any feeling of pity Jessica might have had ended the minute Jenny spoke. The girl had no shame, Jessica thought. She had no idea she was the biggest nerd in the world. For instance, when Ken Matthews asked her what book she was reading, she had actually launched into a whole boring account of the author's life. Jessica had been mortified, especially since Eddie was sitting across from them listening to the whole thing. Oh, Eddie. Eddie, of course, being Eddie Winters, a fellow that Jessica has a crush on in this book. He's a new crush for Jessica. Yeah, it just book. sort of came out of nowhere, yeah. right? I was like, is there a backstory there? Nah, he no. Just, he's just the, the, the guy of the month for her. He's tall, and he has freckles. Ooh, yes. And... You know what, though? I, back to Jenny, though. I, I, I liked her from the, from the beginning. Yeah. I, I, I really did. I thought she was sort of like the underdog character or the character that, like was, you know, being taken for granted or or, or whatever it was. But I, I liked her from the beginning. It's kind of like Jessica's over-the-top disdain for her makes you like her more. It does. Because everything that Jessica hates about her is, like, kind of normal. Yeah. But I don't know. I was a little bit conflicted about, uh, just from a thinking about these books as content that was absorbed by young people in the 80s. Like, what message are you taking away from the books? The books do this thing where whoever's perspective you're in, that's the that's the mood, like, that's the tenor of of the perspective Mm. you're getting, you know? Like, um, and so 
we as adults in the 21st century can read that the author's intention, I think, in, in Jessica's over-the-top disdain is that Jessica is wrong and the mm. qualities that she's describing so disdainfully in, in Jenny are normal things that Jessica is being uh, ridiculous about. Right. But then it's no, still really, in there. That's really interesting, though, because, yes, as an adult, you can read that and see, like, oh, well, she's just being kind of mean and, and, and not really nice. But as a, a kid reading that, maybe you would feel... Like, that's the way to behave? Is that where you're trying to go with it? Or? Yeah, I'm like... It's a little odd, then. Is it possible to read uh, about, over and over again about a girl who's at least 10 pounds overweight, that she is chubby, that she doesn't look good in her bathing suit, mm-hmm. and Jessica almost, if like, is almost about to tell her how bad she looks when she asks how she looks in her bathing suit, you know? Yeah. That she's... Um, she would be pretty if she lost the weight. Like, you read it over and over again. Yeah. And, like, at what point, even if it's coming from an unreliable narrator, is that like, oh, well, I guess it's bad to be a little bit chubby. Well, I guess, you know, and I don't want to get ahead of the story here, but I guess in the end, though, that does sort of get resolved. Yeah. And that, you know, we find out that, um, you know, Jenny Jenny, Jenny gets Eddie in the end. So, like, yeah. I mean... <laughs> You know, I mean, if the author is setting us up for that, at least hopefully then uh, who, the reader makes it all the way through the book and finds out that actually Jenny is Jenny hopefully. is the catch, you know? Yeah. It seems like it, right? Yeah. So we can come back to that. Okay. But um, the reason I brought up Jenny yeah. is that it it's an important detail of the scheming in this book that Jessica says, okay, Jenny, you can come along to Lila's party because Jenny basically asks to be invited, right. which is, you know... And Lila can't say no. Um, So she tells Jenny to lie, or basically a lie of omission, to not tell Elizabeth about the party. And that way, Elizabeth and Enid, especially Enid, won't get the chance to to meet Jeffrey. Yeah. But of course, the party doesn't go down like that. No. And why would you think it would? I mean, you're going to invite a bunch of teenagers to a pool party, and they're not going to be in the pool goofing around? Yes, they are. (laughs) Lila is like... Dressed up in like sexy bathing suit. Oh my god! Prancing, prancing around with her like sarong and high heels. You know, like I had this vision of like Elizabeth Taylor when they're describing her outfit. I'm like, this is ridiculous. She's like 16. I feel like Lila is very Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, that's interesting. I totally got that vibe. But at a certain point, it definitely becomes clear that this is just about a competition. Oh, like, yeah. if like if Lila is so frustrated with this guy for like playing volleyball in the pool and that's all he cares about doing then like she doesn't she's not really into the guy like she's into the idea she's into the chase she's into the competition yeah Yeah. and um (laughs) there's a really funny moment where jenny who is also having a great time Mm -hmm. uh playing volleyball in the pool with or whatever they're doing uh i think that's what they're doing yeah i think it was volleyball um she, there's a moment when Jessica is, like, lay, laying out in the sun, fantasizing about kissing um, yes. Eddie. <laughs> sure is. And her reverie is interrupted when she has water dripped on her from Eddie, who has Jenny on his shoulders, like, right. out on the pool deck. Just... Like, hey, Jessica, come on and have a hot dog. And Jessica is just <laughs> so grossed out by the whole <laughs> thing. <sighs> It's it's a little. I, I mean, I just I can't imagine. I would have been 
at that age, at a pool party, the last thing I would have been able to do would have been able to put a girl on my shoulders. I would have been so nervous and, like, embarrassed and, like, I couldn't have done that. It just seemed weird. I was like, really? Visually, too, I think they described Eddie as being a tall guy. So yeah. I was just thinking, like, he's, he's like 12 so... feet in the air eating a hot dog. Like, what is <laughs> happening here? Oh, so, um, of course, when they go home from the pool party, yes. Elizabeth sees Jenny, and there's another moment that I thought was really funny, so I'm going to go ahead and read that, too, because okay. this is another moment of, of what's happening at the party. From Jessica's point of view, it was hard to tell whether or not Jeffrey was responding to Lila. He seemed like an amazingly nice guy, friendly, open, easygoing. He was even better looking up close than Jessica had realized. He had thick, shiny blonde hair and wonderful green eyes. Everything about him seemed casual and relaxed, from his cotton button-down shirt rolled up at the sleeves to his slightly scuffed loafers. So that's... Jeffrey doesn't sound like the guy for Lila, but this is also where I start to be like, oh, maybe I just didn't want to like Jeffrey. You might have had a bias there. Yeah, because he seems like he's good. So going forward to the Wakefield house, Jenny is talking about Eddie Winters to Elizabeth because she's like excited. And she says that when, when Elizabeth asks her, like, well, where did you see him. Do you remember the scene? Yeah, 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 of course. And she was just like, oh, uh... She she lets the cat out of the bag, actually. Yeah, well, but first she's just like, she tries to save face, and she's like, um, just around? Um, and then she goes on and says, he's so strong and everything, Jenny went on, her eyes dreamy. And he likes reading, too. (laughs) Really, Elizabeth said absently, glancing at the magazine section of the Sunday paper. So Elizabeth is being kind of a jerk to to Jenny, too. Yeah, pretty much. You should have seen him yesterday, Jenny giggled. We were having this volleyball game in the pool, and it was the final point. Jeffrey's team was winning, and he made this incredible leap across the whole pool and saved it. Elizabeth stared at her cousin. Jeffrey? She repeated blankly. Jenny, where was this volleyball game taking place? Jenny's face turned crimson. Uh, oh no, I've done it again, she said miserably. I always do dumb things like this. Jenny Townsend, Elizabeth said grimly. You'd better tell me what's going on. But Jessica said I shouldn't, Jenny whispered, chagrined. Elizabeth's eyes flashed. Tell me, she insisted firmly. She just didn't want your feelings to be hurt, Jenny protested, her eyes round with fear. Honestly, Liz, she told me that Lila never invites you to her parties, and she said it would just make you feel bad if... Jenny, Elizabeth said, fighting for control, just tell me one thing. Was Jeffrey French at Lila's party yesterday? Jenny nodded. It figures, Elizabeth said angrily. One look at her cousin's face convinced her to change her tone. Don't worry about it, Jen, she said, patting her cousin's arm. You haven't done anything wrong, and I'm not mad at you, honestly. Then you won't tell Jessica that I told you, Jenny begged. Elizabeth sighed. I guess not, she said. She didn't want to get poor Jenny in more trouble with Jessica. So... Poor Jenny, right? Poor Jenny. Her beautiful older twin cousins are both hate her. She's <laughs> batting her around like a cat yeah. with a toy. I mean, it's, I mean then it's really, she's a pawn. She yeah. is. She's just like a little, little mouse. Yeah. Yeah. So I think at this point, Elizabeth is decides to kind of amp things up with putting in a good word for Jeffrey yes. in the Oracle office. The Oracle office. 
Um, I believe, speaking of the school newspaper, that you had something you wanted to say about a teacher? Well, there is the case of Mr. Collins. <laughs> well, we have a segment on Sweet Valley Diaries called Collins Watch 2019. Oh, really? Yeah, it's basically just uh, an opportunity for us to talk about Mr. Collins okay, Mr. and how Collins. he comports himself and is presented in yes, the Sweet Valley High novels. It, it stuck out to me as slightly inappropriate. I mean, he's, like, first of all, the description of him, I'm not going to remember off the top of my head, but it was something like wavy, strawberry, blonde hair. I have to tell you, Tim, this book, it was toned down. What? Usually, they talk about how he looks just like Robert Redford. No, they do not. They do. And he is... His good looks are only one reason why he's the most popular teacher in school. See, that's what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. It's just like this physical description of this guy who just breezes into the Oracle office with his wavy, strawberry blonde hair. And then he, he he's not only divorced, he has a child, a lovely, cute little child. In his sole custody, oh, Teddy. My, yeah, you know, of course he's the popular. I mean, it's just like, what is happening at this school? Seriously. Yeah. And there is, once you start looking at the scenes through this lens, like, so Penny Ayala, the editor of the newspaper, is in the office, and Mr. Collins is trying to leave, and so Elizabeth's going to be there by herself, which is perfect, since Jeffrey's about to show sure, up. Sure, yeah. Um, but so Penny is going to leave, and Mr. Collins is going to leave, and... They leave together. Yeah, Mr. Collins says, well, I guess I might as well see you out, Penny. Yeah, exactly. Um, Let so... your imagination run wild, my young gladiators. <laughs> Um, and then there's a scene at the end where he's like standing by his car, like waving oh, Jessica, like we'll come, like waving her over, and just yeah, um, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so how about Jeffrey and Elizabeth in the Oracle office? Okay, so this is a question I have for you: mm-hmm. Is how early? I mean, you're an expert at these books, but like, how early in the story did you pick up that like really Jeffrey? was more into Elizabeth than anybody. Oh, else. that scene. It's yeah, so clear. Right? I mean, it's very obvious. Yeah. That, scene, that like he's like really into her. But again, I'm going to I'm going to defend Jeffrey a little bit here. He was very he was very nice about it, right? Yeah. It, it's like the I think like the conversation started awkwardly, but then it fell into like its normal rhythm. Right. With with like Elizabeth going like, "Oh, that was some strange thing, but whatever, I'll go back to." Yeah, it. and the normal. book even describes that they have like a really fun, easy conversation that we're not right. privy to, right, right, right. Um, which is a f- convenient way to write a scene to just say that it was though they had a great conversation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. Then um, she's making these, like, last-ditch attempts to, like, to steer. Because I think she can kind of sense it. Although it must be subconsciously because she's, it's weird. She's in denial. So she's She's trying to, she keeps on telling Jeffrey that he needs to hang out with Enid. Or, like, who he should really talk to about photography is Enid. Who he should really talk to about soccer and all of the interests that she knows he has is Enid. Right. And it's like, okay, who's this Enid person? Right. And Jeffrey just wants a private tour from her, is what he keeps asking Yeah. So she's like, oh, yeah, that's what it is. It's like a tour of Sweet Valley. Yeah, he wants a private tour. would be really great at giving you a tour of Sweet Valley. He's my best friend Enid. So she tries to, to set Jeffrey up on a date with Enid at the volleyball game that night. Yeah. But saying that she can't go because she is going to do something with her cousin Jenny. And she tells Enid about this, but, like, he won't definitely be there. But, like, he didn't promise he's going to be there. But, like, he'll probably be there. Yeah. And then he doesn't show. He doesn't show up. Poor Enid. And Enid is upset about it. She's embarrassed. Of course. She's not, like, in love with 
Jeffrey at this point. She's just embarrassed because she... Yeah, I don't think Edith really knows. What, I'm, I mean, I think she thinks he's cute. Yeah, she's she definitely, definitely talks about very how cute, cute he is. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, yeah, you're starting... I think you're already starting to get the impression there that, like, um, Elizabeth is more into this setting them up than Edith is really into... Yeah, yeah. And then there's the battle between the twins, which right. is fueling things, especially... I mean, and that that becomes explicit mm-hmm. um, for both on both sides mm-hmm. as the book unfolds. It's like, it amps up, mm-hmm. uh, which is <laughs> weird and kind of fucked up. Um, but then there's this really, like, touching, like, frankly, extremely romantic. Like, I was kind of... if I if in This is another, another part of my turn toward Jeffrey, is that putting myself in Elizabeth's shoes, I was, like, kind of excited about the reveal that the real reason that Jeffrey was at... So Elizabeth finds out that Jeffrey was at the beach disco. Right, 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 right. Well, who else is at the beach... beach bitch disco? It was the bitch disco that night, because Lila and Jessica were there. And apparently Jeffrey's the only catch in town. Yeah, yeah. So, Lila and Jessica were there with, of course, Jenny and Eddie. And Elizabeth jumps straight to, oh, God, Jessica's winning this because Lila, she got Lila near, and and he's going for it. Maybe he's not so great. He's going for Lila. Mm -hmm. And Lila is a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm just saying what Elizabeth is, the subtext uh, of Elizabeth. (laughs) Right? Yes. It's like, who could... Any boy that could have a crush on Lila. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. That's okay. Sorry, right. young young Tim. Sorry, it's um, okay. It's okay. He forgives you. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, when... So when she kind of went... Actually, you know what? I think I did highlight this scene. Yeah, because it's sort of the reversal of the thing earlier, right? They didn't tell... They didn't tell uh, Jessica that they were going to this. They didn't tell Jessica about the volleyball game. No. Oh, that about the volleyball game. Yeah. Right. So, you know, right. so, and Jessica and Lila didn't tell Elizabeth about going to the beach, Jessica. So that's really the same thing as the pool yeah. party thing, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. part of, probably part of what makes Elizabeth so angry. Um, did I actually highlight this? Ooh, yes, I did. Okay. This is chapter six. Mm. Actually, Tim, would you like to read the part of Jeffrey French? Yes. What's happening here is that they're outside of the school and Elizabeth is sitting under a tree. So she's kind of curt to Jeffrey. Jeffrey crouched down beside her. You sound mad. Have I done something to bug you? Elizabeth blinked. She wasn't used to guys who were as forthright as Jeffrey. She had assumed he'd go away. I'm not mad, she said simply, avoiding his penetrating gaze. Come on. Jeffrey said lightly. He put his hand on her arm and Elizabeth reddened. His hand was so warm. Well, I have to admit I was kind of surprised when my cousin told me she'd spent the evening with you at the beach disco, Elizabeth said finally. I thought you were planning on going to the volleyball game to meet Enid. And I thought you were going to be with your cousin, Elizabeth swallowed. But I... You said you couldn't go to the game because you'd promised to do something with Jenny. So... It seems to me that if anyone around here has a right to be mad... Elizabeth stared at him, completely confused. Well, I mean, I guess... Jeffrey shook his head. You Wakefield twins. He said with mock severity. Don't you think things are confusing enough for a guy as it is? I love that line. <laughs> Elizabeth gulped, something in the tone of Jeffrey's voice. It wasn't possible that he'd gone to the disco just because she'd said she was going to be with Jenny, was it? So we can stop there. But Um, I 
thought that it was like, yeah, of course, Elizabeth. But there was something about that that was sort of exciting, like the piecing together, yeah. like, like. But she I don't still know. doesn't get it, right? No, apparently not. Like I mean, in this, I feel she... like she does get it in the scene, but yeah. it, uh, the book would have us believe that she doesn't get it. Okay, well, fair enough. And she, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, mean, I think at that point too, this is, isn't this the part of the story too where it, it sort of turns a little ugly and it, it's no, no longer even about Enid and Lila. It's more about the two sisters anyway. This is just what I was going to say. She doubles right. down on really forcing Enid down Jeffrey's throat mm-hmm. and they come up with this crazy plan to ask Jeffrey to auction a date with himself at the can auction, which is... <laughs> um, <laughs> is quite possibly the most ridiculous <laughs> part of the book. <laughs> and also it's like not the kind of thing that gets auctioned off. It's not a no. date auction. It's not a it's not a bachelor's auction. No, it was like footballs from winning touchdowns and one of the items was like Mr. Jaworski's red right. grading pencil right. or something. Now all of a sudden we have a date with the new guy? Yeah, yeah. And it's a hot commodity. Objectification, that's all I'm going to say. Is that like is that kind of the next thing that happens? Kind of, this yeah. This book is so short. <laughs> it, I think it is actually the next thing that sort of happens. Well, because but there's a lot trick, of Jenny but, drama. But, but they also trick um, uh, Jessica and Lila. and Lila into not coming to the... Oh, In a I beautiful way, please. Right? Please. Because essentially Enid is like, oh, well, we're going to... Or no, it's Enid and Elizabeth, right, that do this? Or maybe it's just... Elizabeth's Elizabeth. not there. So it's Enid that tricks... Basically, she does the reverse, right? She she goes to um, Jessica and Lila and says, oh, you know, like once all of these cans of food are donated, we're going to need to pack them up and take them to the to the shelter or wherever they're yeah. taking them. Which, of course, is the last thing that Lila wants to do, right? Yeah, she jumps on the... Jessica just casually asks about the auction and Enid instantly twists it into like, oh, you guys are interested in helping out? We could really use a lot of help. It's right. very cunning for Enid. Yeah, actually, and she pulls it off, too. Yeah. I mean, she does. They avoid it. Um, yeah, and so basically... Enid even says, oh, I'm sorry you guys are both busy since you were so interested in helping, but I'll be looking for you at the auction if you change your mind. And if I see you, I'll be sure to uh, let you know how you can get over there to help doing that thing. (laughs) So they avoid the auction. Yeah. So they can't bid. Exactly. Although I was thinking about it. Once the auction finally happens... It seems that the crux of this auction is not just that you're, like, pledging money for cans, but you need to physically have the cans. Oh, yeah. By which, cans, we're talking about canned food. Right, right. So rather than just bringing, I, I think this is kind of a fun idea, as ridiculous as it is, but rather than just bringing cans, you bid for things with the cans. Right. And you can't just, like, say, well, a can of food is a dollar, so I'll bring $15 and... Right. And... Give that, and right. make, you can buy fifteen cans of pinto beans with mm-hmm. my fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. That doesn't count. No. Which now is, you, you got to bring cans. I mean, Enid comes in with like what seventy five cans. Helps her carry in these boxes. Oh. Like tickets to a concert are like go for fifteen cans. You know, right. that's the only other nice thing. But yeah, bidding begins at a, like a, at like five cans, and then quickly escalates to to like twenty or fifteen right. or something. And Enid jumps. All the way. Yeah. She, she just she blows stopped, her wand. She's not messing around. She's not like 40, 50. She goes right to the max, man. All her chips. Middle of the table. Really embarrassing. It's a little weird. It's like really thirsty is what it is. Yeah, it's a little weird. <laughs> like bid 
30 cans. Nobody yeah. else has 30 cans. No. Like, read the room, Enid. No. <laughs> Nobody has a box. Nobody has, like, a stack of boxes of cans next to them. Only it, you. You know, it really does beg the question, where did Enid get all those cans of food, though? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Oh, yeah, the book doesn't even investigate that. I, you know what? It's a side angle. That's, that, that's like, the hidden, you know... Maybe th- she stole them from a grocery store. Oh. A life of crime is ahead or for maybe, Enid. Maybe they're all dense. Dense. Maybe they hear botulism cans. Or maybe just like her parents are like those survivors, you know, and they like build the like hut in the back in case there's a nuclear yeah. war. I kind of have think, it stacked with cans. I kind of think Enid's mom is a single mom too, actually. Why is everybody divorced in this show? I don't know. I guess it was the eighties. Oh, I guess and it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that you're calling it a show. Oh. Because it is a soap opera. It basically is. Well, I'm just hoping I get to play Jeffrey. It's really... <laughs> okay. You All can right. play Jeffrey here Back on Sweet Valley story. Diaries anytime. <laughs> okay, good. Um, well, I mean, I guess the big thing now is that, I mean, we're in the home stretch. Jessica finds out that, about Elizabeth's treachery. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, but Enid, Enid and Jeffrey go on. The they go day. on their can date if she wins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but it doesn't turn out to be what she liked, what she wanted, right? No, it's just like she can tell that he's not into her. And he took her to like the hamburger place or whatever. He took her to the dairy burger, yeah. yeah. And she was like, this isn't romantic. No. And if you wanted to impress me. Also, but like, what does she expect? Like, he, she bought him at a can auction. <laughs> like, is he supposed to just, like, take one look at her and be like, I don't know. I, I, don't I She didn't think it through. No. She did not think it through. Well, like, and I don't think she's that invested either, and she no. realizes that. And this yeah. is embarrassing at this point. Like, he's got to really be into her. It's got to be a true love connection. This book has the moment of Enid's philosophy on love, too, where it's like, she was a true believer that if it didn't... If it didn't feel right right from the start, then it was never going to work. That was pretty evolved for, like, a 16-year-old, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Oh, who, a 16-year-old with a with a really uh, storied romantic history. Yeah. 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 This book I had alluded to a lot of uh, dramatic events. Oh, this was the one you were telling me about. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, the book has a passing reference to... So what was that again? Uh, well, it has a passing reference, because the book says it has been a long time for Enid since she's had a boyfriend. <laughs> and she's 16. Gladiators. And also, time does not exist in Sweet Valley, exactly. because we've already had two summers, two summer breaks, and they're still juniors in uh, high school, so... Oh, okay. It's just not, it's just not real. Right. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a fictional universe, but... Um, yeah, so, George Warren was Enid's serious boyfriend for the first... 20 books of the series. Huh? And in book 20, George uh, is in a plane crash. He intends to break up with Enid right after the plane lands. Oh, he's he's piloting the plane. I'm sorry. So George is piloting the plane. He's 16 and he's piloting he's the plane. He's older. He's maybe 17 or 18. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. And anyway, plane crashes into Seca Lake and they are, survive, but Enid has like lower leg paralysis or leg her legs are paralyzed lower leg paralysis is what i was like her legs are she can't walk okay (laughs) and so george can't break up with her because he is afraid that she will like never have the will to walk again or i don't know it's just like 
And she can sense this, that, like, if she can, if she can't, so subconsciously, if she right. can find the will to regain her ability to walk, which the doctors say she should be able to do at this point. Like, she, she, there's nothing medically wrong with her. <laughs> right. Like, there was at first. But anyway, finally, it's all resolved. Because George is really unhappy. In the relationship. Yeah. The, well, he point. has fallen in love with, with Robin Wilson, actually. The uh, formerly fat girl who's now the, the co-captain of the... formerly fat Robin uh, Wilson. Yep, yep. Never so, trust a pilot. <laughs> so, yeah, that was Enid's last okay. boyfriend. And what's another thing that happened in passing? Was there any... I remember you said you had questions before we got started. That was one of them. I mean, yeah. th- th- that was definitely one of them about, like, what was that about? I think they might say something about Stephen. Oh, this is also at the very beginning. It's uh, There's this passage that says, Stephen had been seriously considering leaving school to take a job on the cruise ship owned by his roommate's father, and the Wakefields had all been involved in a scheme to change his mind. Luckily, their plan had worked, and Stephen had decided to carry on with his education and put plans of work off for the present. Yes, that's right. So, and, and so where is Stephen? Stephen's in college? Stephen's or? in college. Okay. He's at Sweet Valley College, so it's nearby, but he comes home a lot and um, is dating a junior in, in Sweet Valley High, Carol Walker, uh, Jessica's friend. Um, his, uh, he was dating this other girl, Trisha Martin, but she died, so... Um, yeah, so that's Sweet Valley. Uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed that since presumably you already knew all that stuff, but, um, I think it's fun to sort of casually rattle off the history of what's happened in Sweet Valley. Well, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, as a person who hasn't read any of that, those, those, uh, passages definitely stand out. Yeah, yeah. Well, now that I'm reading these books with a uh, guest in mind, like, I know, I mean, I know who else is reading them. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't start reading these books not knowing who is on the other end right. <laughs> reading the book, too, and I often think... Like, oh, good, I'm glad they threw that detail in there so that, you know, Tim won't be totally at sea when when they're bringing up what party Enid had first met Jeffrey at, right, you know? Right, it's right. like, God forbid, mm-hmm. didn't know what party it was. Yeah. Um, so where are we in the story? <laughs> oh, so then, like, basically, it's it's really coming to a head right now. And, and right, like, Enid and, and uh, Elizabeth have the big conversation where she's like, you have to stop, like, pushing me. This isn't going to work. Right. And, and, and Elizabeth has her big breakdown on the beach, right? The big crying episode on the beach. And part of that is that Jessica, when Jessica finds out that, I think again from Jenny, Mm -hmm. like Jenny again is the, is the linchpin holding this plot together. She spills Elizabeth's beans now to Jessica and Jessica is livid. She's like, I can't believe any twin of mine would be so deceitful. Right. Um, was the irony of that lost on you? Or? No. I'm glad to hear it. Like, look, you know, there's a reason why no one can tell you two apart. Like, I mean, you're obviously cut, cut from the same cloth. <laughs> interesting. Same. Interesting. Um, so, so Jessica is so pissed off at yeah. Elizabeth and also is going to like, feels like she's going to double down her support of Lila. Mm -hmm. And so they end up throwing this picnic thing. And Oh, and Jessica and Lila drive there without telling Jenny and Elizabeth that they're leaving the house. And they take the car. And so basically forcing Elizabeth and Enid. And I guess this party is not Lila's doing. The party is uh, also a part of the PTA. Yeah, it's part of the PTA can drive. Fandango. Week. It's yes. a week of PTA can driving. And uh, so, but the scheme is that they're she's going to basically abandon Elizabeth at home or strand her. Right. So they have to take the bus. Oh my God. 
<laughs> it's basically how the book puts it, I right. thought. And yeah, then they're um, eventually get there, and everybody is mad at Elizabeth. Yeah. Because she's trying so hard. You know, Jeffrey's so happy to see her. Right. This is where it describes Lila's outfit that we mentioned at the top of the episode. Right. As being um, both ridiculous for a beach picnic. It's like a, a, like a one-piece jumpsuit or something yeah. that's white with gold stilettos. But also, it's very low-cut and bare, shows so much skin that she might as well be wearing a bathing suit. Yeah. So, like, what kind of a jumpsuit is this? Does it not have legs? I, you know, it... I, I'm not really sure, but it, it felt like a 70s disco outfit to yeah. me. It's really, you know, just sort of like low-cut, not much going on. Like, yeah, maybe like hot pants. Hot, yeah. Like like a tank top top yeah. connected to like hot pant bottoms. And yeah, I, I would say her mother would never let her get out of the house, but she's got no mother, so yeah. there you go. And her father's not paying much attention to her no, either, poor apparently, thing. Apparently not. Um, except for he's just buying her horses all the time. Just buying her horses and soccer tickets, other than that. <laughs> so, and camera equipment. <laughs> camera equipment, For, for random new boys in oh, town. Why not? Uh, yeah, so Jessica yells at Elizabeth for being so conniving. And even though Elizabeth is like, you did, I'm not doing anything different than you did, Jessica does not want to hear it, mm-hmm. and Elizabeth genuinely feels bad, because that's how Elizabeth is. And then, uh, yeah, but then she goes and Enid is like, Elizabeth, just stop it. She's like got tears in her eyes. Mm-hmm. He's not, he's not into me. And Elizabeth is like, you can't give up. And she's just like, seriously, I don't care. Yeah. She's like, then why are you crying? And Enid is like, because you are killing me you are a monster (laughs) i think she describes it as torture actually you're torturing me so poor elizabeth is crying by the beach Uh, oh because also she has a final conversation with jeffrey oh that's right jeffrey yeah he confronts her yeah and this like why are you like i'm an adult yeah he doesn't say i'm an adult he says i well he says i'm 17 i'm almost 17 i'm almost 17 i can choose my own dates yes yes he finally got he finally got tired of it yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's I mean, it would be tiring. I think it would be frustrating to have... Well, yeah, I mean, what does he say? He's just, he, he's like, all I've been trying to do... Does he tell her at that He point? doesn't think, tell her. No. I think, and wouldn't it be... I, I do feel like if you, if you had a girl that you really liked and she kept on not picking up on your hints and trying r- repeatedly ignoring your hints that you want to spend time with her yeah. and instead trying to hook you up with her best friend... Even though you already went on an unsuccessful date, I, at a certain point, like, there's no point in him saying, I like you. Because it's like, you are clearly, I, I feel like if I were Jeffrey, I would be like, clearly this girl doesn't like me. Because yeah. Yeah. Yes. Other, if she did. If she did, why does she keep pushing her friend on me? Yeah. 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 yeah I get Yeah, that's true. So he doesn't. But he does. He, he finally sort of loses his temper with her. Which... Yeah. Yeah. And then she's crying by the beach, and then Jessica comes over, just to, and she's like, is this pity party have room for two, or something like that. <laughs> and they, she's sad because, because of, guess who's slow dancing back at the dance floor? Eddie and Jennifer. Yes. Eddie and, like, Jessica has already sort of started to think, like, maybe, like, she's had this total change of of heart where 
the same thing that initially thought she thought was good about Eddie, which is like, what a good sport, what a catch. He's so he's so he's so um, indulgent with her. Like he's yeah. willing to not be rude to her. And then eventually he's just like, what kind of a she's kind of like, what kind of a gross creep would actually talk to Jenny? <laughs> But but there were references along the way, though, that Jessica was like, I think she says something like, you know, he had she'd never seen Jenny look better. Like her hair looked. Do you you remember what I'm talking about? So it's like what it's like this evolution of of poor little Jenny or something. Yeah, because she wasn't wearing her glasses and her brown eyes were her best feature. But as soon as Jessica observes this, she's instantly like, but she's still fat. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I mean, I'm overstating it, but that's what it felt like. (laughs) So, um, and there's another weird thing that Jessica does, actually, in her anger, which is she's talking about how she's so mad at Elizabeth for being so scheming. And she thinks about how Enid is so boring. And then she's like, Enid is such a bad influence on Elizabeth. And then, but like, so Enid is very nice. And nice was boring. And come to think of it, Enid was too much of a nice, boring influence on Elizabeth. But it's like, these thoughts come one after another. Yeah. Even though they're basically opposite of each other. Like, how could a nice, boring person be a conniving influence on Elizabeth? And then her very next thought is that Enid is... uh, It must have been Enid's idea to do the can thing or whatever. Right. It's like, it's so, she's all over the place, which I mean, I blame the writers really, but if we're, <laughs> uh, it's so strange. It's like, she's, she does not know what yeah. she's thinking about Enid or Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, the big climax yeah. is, is big indeed. Elizabeth, it, like talks to Enid. She apologizes to Enid mm-hmm. and Jessica makes Elizabeth realize that, yeah. She, uh, maybe she does have feelings after all. It's pretty funny, I thought. Can can we talk about this scene on the beach? Can, Please, little, yeah. So, Elizabeth is crying, and she's like, I made such a big mess out of everything. And Jessica says, you know, Enid will forgive you for uh, trying to fix her up too hard. But what about Jeffrey, Elizabeth asked. You should have heard the way he yelled at me a few minutes ago, Jess. Jeffrey, Jessica said thoughtfully, is not worth worrying about. Tell you the truth, I can't believe we've all been chasing him. He's completely average, if you ask me. Elizabeth's eyes widened. He's not average, she objected. What's he really got going for him anyway? Jessica demanded, eyeing her sister closely. Elizabeth thought quickly. Well, he's, I don't know, he's thoughtful, he's funny, he's interesting. I guess I just don't see it, Jessica said. He's incredibly intelligent, Elizabeth went on defensively, obviously warming to her argument. He's great looking, too, in case you didn't notice. And he's really sensitive. That's why I feel like such a jerk for being so completely insensitive all week, haranguing him about Enid. Liz, Jessica said, dragging her finger absently through the sand. It sounds to me as though you kind of like Jeffrey. Am I right? Like him? Elizabeth repeated dumbly, her eyes round. Do you mean... Jessica laughed. For God's sake, Liz, you know what I mean. You sound as if you're completely madly in love with this guy. You should hear yourself. Elizabeth was astonished. Astonished, it says. I do? Yes, Jessica said, jumping to her feet. You do. So, I... Yeah. This is what I meant before when I was like, the book would have us believe that Elizabeth doesn't realize that she's in love with Jeffrey, but I feel like it kind of did. I feel like she kind of knew. 
Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like this is, like, they're setting it up. Yeah. Dramaturg- dramaturgically, they're yeah. setting it up. Yeah. So that Jessica has her moment to sort of be the nice sister and get her other, and get Elizabeth to realize where she's at. Yeah. Um, it doesn't give Elizabeth a lot of credit, that's for sure. Well, Tim, can we do one final scene together? Please. It's um, in the last chapter. Elizabeth seeks out Jeffrey on the dance floor and cuts in. He's dancing with oh, Lila. And Lila protests, but Jeffrey's like, no, it's cool. We right. gotta do this. You didn't come to find me so you could start that business up again about Enid, did you? Elizabeth's eyes swam with tears. I'm so sorry, she said huskily. I didn't mean to be so pushy, Jeffrey. Enid's my best friend, and I was just... I don't know. Silly girl. Don't you realize I'm already taken? Taken? Elizabeth repeated stupidly. You mean... I mean, I like Enid, but I couldn't be interested in her because I'm in love with someone else. Oh, Elizabeth said, feeling as though the whole world had just crashed in on her. So he already had a girlfriend. So much for her stupid impression that he cared for her. She must have been out of her mind. Only she doesn't seem to realize it. Jeffrey said softly, putting his hand under Elizabeth's chin and tilting it upward so he could look deep into her eyes. Suddenly, everything made sense. She only had to look at him to know what he meant. She didn't know what to say, but it didn't matter. For the next instant, Jeffrey was leaning forward, and Elizabeth's eyes closed as his lips came closer. She had never felt a touch so gentle before in her whole life. What about Todd, Elizabeth? I'm yeah, sorry, what I'm about not over it. Todd? And she just prayed that the kiss would last and last. I'm so glad you came here and found me. Jeffrey whispered tenderly, tightening his arms around her. Elizabeth smiled up at him, her eyes shining with tears. Now that I found you, I'm not going to let you go, she told him fiercely. And, um, oh, yeah, so he loves her. That's, he I thought that was interesting. He oh. was in love with her, and that was how he told her that he liked her, was by telling her that he loved her. So they're in love, and he's never, she's never going to let him go. Right. Whew. I'm telling you, a lot happened in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> So, it's so nice to have an actor of your caliber join me here on the oh, Sea Valley Diaries. I, you know, I told you when you first asked me about this, I, I was so excited. You were so it. game. I was really impressed. Yeah, I love podcasts. <laughs> well, I love podcasts, too. I do. I think they're amazing. I really do. I think they're great vehicles. Well, on this podcast, we have a couple of other pieces of business. And one of them on every episode is that I ask my guest if they are a Jessica or an Elizabeth. <sighs> Boy, that's, that's, that's tough. You know what? I would say that, um, I hate to admit this, but I think I'm more of a Jessica. Mm -hmm. That's okay. I think, well, let me, let me. I'm learning to be okay with that. uh, uh, Let me, let me just say that like, as I've, as I've, as I've matured, perhaps I've become a little bit more of an Elizabeth. You know, you were not the first guest to say that, actually. Yeah. I think in high school I was. At this age, straight up Jessica. Yeah. And, um, like, long-time listeners or big Sweet Valley fans might observe that young Tim may also have been uh, something of a Roger Barrett, who was introduced to us in these books as a boy who was in love with Lila. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
Um, oh, Roger. Yeah, his name is Roger Patman now. So he was mentioned in this book, but only in passing. There's no reason why you would have noticed it. There are a lot of names in these books. There are. Um, and I accept that. Uh, we're, we're pilot testing a new question, which is, do you think the author of this book was a, this particular book, with the books are, are ghostwritten by unnamed parties. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. And uh, do you think that the writer of this book was Jessica or an Elizabeth? Ooh, I think the writer of this book was definitely an Elizabeth. It had to be, right? Because Jessica be. is shown in a very... It's like the it's like the book is all laughing at Jessica. Like, like <laughs> it's like it's like a morality lesson for yeah. Jessica, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Li- like in the end, the the nice, sweet, kind, caring person wins because it's not only Elizabeth, but it's also Jennifer that wins, right? In this, yes, Lila loses, Jessica loses, and even though Enid doesn't get. Jeffrey, she's okay in the end. Like you, you, you feel like Enid's going to be okay, right? Definitely. That's how I was left with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I still felt like Lila was a hot mess. both Lila and Enid come off looking I mean like Enid is good in the end, but they both go through a lot of embarrassment. Oh sure. In this in this particular volume. Sure. And don't even get me started on Mr. Collins. I would love to get you started on Mr. Collins. Uh, but we can continue talking a little bit about the book uh, next week in okay. the bonus episode. Okay. Well, Tim, thank you so much oh for being here today. It was a pleasure. It was a great pleasure to be here. Um, where can people like find you, find your stuff? Uh, if you want to find me, you can... Probably the easiest way, if you want to go to Instagram, I'm at, at tread70. So that's at T-R-E-D-7-0 and... Check me out. Check out what I'm doing. Do you have anything coming up specifically you want to... Well, I have a movie that's coming out, uh, hopefully the end of this year, called Dying Breed, which I just shot in Minnesota. Exciting. So, yeah, yeah, we're very excited about it. Should be, should be, should be good. Channeling that Jeffrey French Farmer energy. I I am. I am indeed. I am indeed. (laughs) Into your performance today. So, thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, Listeners, I am thrilled to be back with you. Thank you so much for sticking with me and the podcast through the hiatus and for telling your friends about the show and for rating the show on Apple Podcasts and five stars and all the bullshit. Uh, But it's important. (laughs) It's not bullshit. It's important. Very important. Very important. And right now, uh, go follow Sweet Valley Diaries on Instagram. Mm. It's just fun. I put fun stuff up there, like, at least once a week. And during the entire past 30 days, uh, every day I have posted a haiku about, a, like, one of the books in the series that we've read so far. So we read 30 books before this. And the, the potential, or the intention of the haiku was to recap the book in one, in a one stanza um haiku wow that's challenging uh yeah it's basically impossible but it was fun (laughs) and i hope you have fun uh reading them but you have to go to sweet valley diaries on instagram to find it and uh thank you so much happy to be back Book number 31, Taking Sides. That is the under... That is Taking Sides? Is that not the title? No. Oh, God.
I guess we gotta try that. Is the book called Taking Sides? I yeah, need to okay. read that. I thought I was reading that. Yeah. Sorry. I heard it's it's okay. Just go for it. Yeah. I'll cut out this middle part. Where oh, okay. <laughs> Can Elizabeth outsmart Jessica in the hottest feud ever? <laughs>